there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Point nine high FM. This is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio. Air Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Shoftim Tough Shin Pei Beis. As we prepare for another amazing Shabbos, the first Shabbos of Chodesh Elul, and a very very warm welcome to our entire radio family. Thank you so much for taking time to join us, for making time on your very, very busy Friday to put on your radio, put on your device, whatever it is that you manage to source this this uh, program. And it is, is my covet and my honor to spend the time with you. And hopefully we can be inspired as this is ill and we want to improve, we want to work on ourselves, we want to make ourselves <coughs> fit to stand before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On, on Rosh Hashanah. So let's talk about some chizuk. Let's talk about things that perhaps we can work on. We have a beautiful, beautiful Pasha, Pasha's Shaitan. Let's use that as perhaps a springboard to discuss various topics. So the beginning of the sixth Pasha talks about the terrible, terrible issue of bribery, of Shaychad. Because a bribe will blind the eyes of the wise, and and uh, make just words seem very crooked. Now we think that shechad bribery is about taking money to to sway a judgment, right? As the Rav Shlomo Levinstein Schlitter points out, it's not always about accepting money. Any favor that, when granted, makes the beneficiary or judge feel indebted is considered a bribe. Indeed, as we see from the following story, which comes from the, the book of the footsteps of the Magid by Pesach Kron, one can never be too careful with regards to the far-reaching effects of taking a bribe or accepting any kind of favor. Harav Eliyamei Abloch Zal, together with his brother-in-law, Harav Chaim Mordechai Katz, that's how, founded the Tel's Yeshiva in America. The Rosh Yeshiva had lost his wife and four of his children to the Nazi murderers when they decimated the city of Tells in, in Lithuania. He remarried, and he and his wife were blessed with a son and, and a daughter. Understandably, he doted on these two children, who served in some small manner as a comfort and a solace after the tragedy that he had sustained. Unfortunately, as much as they, want, as they wanted to, they were unable, due to their material insufficiency, to provide the two children with even the basic, simple toys with which all children grow up. When their son's third birthday arrived, two of the yeshivas, Bachrim, each one came from a well-to-do family, purchased a small tricycle as a birthday gift. We can only begin to imagine the joy that permeated within their house. A short while later, the Roshiva was set to give the Yerodeya Bechina to test the older students and give them smicha. When they walked into the Bechina, the Roshiva smiled. Ah, just the other day, I penned a thank you note to you for the gift you gave our son. It was greatly appreciated. However, due to the feelings of gratitude that I have for you, <clears throat> I do not think that I can be objective in testing you for smicha. Therefore, I must recuse myself and ask you to take a bechina elsewhere. Such was the greatness of the Rosh Hashiva. He sensed that his overwhelming love 
for his son and, and his appreciation to the two students who had brought a little extra joy to his son's life would impair his objectivity. This is the extent to which the prohibition against taking a bribe can can go. Amazing, amazing lesson. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. We have so much more to share. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parshas Shreftim Tovshin Peibes. As we get ready for another amazing, amazing Shabbos. We are now in Chodesh Elul. And of course, we're all looking for ways. We're all looking for direction that we can find to improve ourselves in this month. And therefore, the big question is, how do we, what can we do? What is the best way to serve our Kodesh Baruch Hu in, in the month, in the month of Elul? Please stay with us for the next few minutes. We're going to try, going to try to deal with that, with that question. So we start this apostle in in Yeshaya, in capital Mem Gimel, that says, Hanoisen Bayom Dorech. Hashem makes a path through the sea. Uvamayim Azim, and even through very, very stormy waters, Nesiva, Hashem will make a road. And in this forum it says that every single year during the month of Elul, it's worthy that a person should think about these, these, this pasuk, which can give us tremendous direction in how we need to conduct ourselves during Chodesh Elul. The Ma'arva Shemesh brings that in in Chayyishel, he says during these days, Hakadosh Baruch Hu opens for us the gates of of Tshuva, and all the different array of Malachim and and abilities that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has of of Rachamim. And, and, and of compassion are reaching out and all the names of HaKadosh, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which says even equal this word derech there's a path back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and it's alluded to in this pasuk of HaNoisim Bayom Derech where if a person thinks about this pasuk he can get insight into what his own personal path is going to be to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And of course, you have to understand, what is this derech? What is the path of, 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 Chodesh, of Chodesh El? And perhaps we can say that, you know, that uh, the sea is, sea is equal throughout the whole, the whole world. Sea level is the same throughout the entire world. The only difference is the actual depth of the sea, which obviously we cannot see. No, no human being can necessarily see to the bottom of the sea. Yes, we have uh, today sophisticated equipment that can, that can measure and sonars that can measure the very depth of, 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 of the sea. And this concept comes to teach us that in Chodesh Elul, that is the time that we can serve our Kaddish Baruch Hu, and we can alter and change and improve the very, very, the panemius, the inner workings of all of our actions. Because of course, every single Yid, when he davens three times a day, he davens Shachlis, Mincha, and Mayrev. So of course, he does that. And of course, we all try maybe a bit harder to set aside more time to learn to learn Torah. And to the outside, it might appear 
that we're all sort of striving in the same direction. We're all doing the same thing. We're all kind of almost mimicking each other to try to put on a good, a good face. However, that's only on the surface. That's only on the sea level. But in, internally, in the depth of every mice, of every act that we do, there might be a tremendous, tremendous difference between what each person is doing. Because everything is dependent on the intention, on the kavanas of, of a person. As the Gemara says, <coughs> the Gemara Nazir says, Rabbi the son of Bachana says in the name Rabbi Yochanan, how do we understand the Pasuk? Pasuk that forms the after of Shabbashuvah, the ways of Hashem are all straight. The tzaddikim yelchuba, and the righteous people will walk on those paths, and the sinners will be tripped up by it. Says the Gemara, Marshall, it can be compared Adam, to two people, who both came to Yushalayim to fulfill the mitzvah of Korban Pesach, and they both roasted the Korban Pesach. Echad mitzvah. One ate it to fulfill the beautiful mitzvah once a year of eating the, the Korban Pesach. The Echad Achila and one ate it, sorry, to, to, to just enjoy the meat and to kind of stuff his face with it. The one who ate it, the shame mitzvah, that's the tzaddikim yelchobah. Tzaddikim walk and utilize the mitzvah Hashem as, as a path, as a direction. And the one who ate just to stuff his face, that's who poishlam yekoshlobah. That is the, the sinners who will get tripped, tripped up in them. So a shlokish response, Hi, Russia, Karisale. This person, he ate the Kabbalah Pesach, he did the mitzvah, okay? He maybe had the wrong intention, he did it because he, he enjoyed the taste of, of, of lamb chops and that's all. But that, for that, he gets called a, a Russia? You're right, maybe he didn't do the mitzvah in the most sublime way with the right intention of Shem Shemayim, but Pesach Miyakovin, he certainly fulfilled the mitzvah of, of, of uh, eating a, a Korban Pesach. And, and certainly that we're not saying that either of them fulfilled the mitzvah without, without Kavana. Because we know Rish Lakish's Opinion is, in fact, in the, in the Gemara in in Sachem and and Daf Kufyudalid that mitzvahs do require kavan in order for a person to fulfill a mitzvah. He has to be aware that he's doing what he's doing for the purpose of of a mitzvah. But if a person fulfills the mitzvah with the 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 yeah he knows he's doing a mitzvah, but if really his motivation is because he, for his own benefit, so there's there's something lacking in in the altruistic motivation of what he's doing that really really downgrades and impugns the whole worth of of the mitzvah and its tremendous and its tremendous uh, 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 benefits. Our purpose, our job in the month of Elul before the Yom Adin of Rosh Hashanah is to fulfill mitzvahs in as complete and as perfect way as we possibly can. And therefore, we have to, it's, it's incumbent upon us to go down to the very depth of, 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 our, of our intention, of, of, our, of our, our raison d'etre and our, and our motivation behind doing mitzvahs in, in, in order that our, our whole and sole reason for doing mitzvahs is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's Hanoi Sein Bayom Dorech. That gives us the way, that gives us the path to find our way back to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's brought in, in the Sharab Sukim. It says, Pasuk says in Pasha's Mishpatim, we have a similar discussion in our Pasha, about the Ore Miklat, Vasher Loit Sada. 
if a person did not plan to kill someone, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made an act of God happen, that he killed someone inadvertently. I'm going to give you a place to, to, to run to. So we know that the words, the, the Rashi Tevis, the first letters of those four words, is Elul. To elute us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's tremendous chesed has set up and, and organized for us the month of Elul to anyone who did any kind of Averis during the year that he can then use that opportunity to, to do tshuva and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will accept it. And in this month, it, it said, Karav Hashem l'chol karav. Hashem is close to all those who, who, who call him. Everyone needs to do tshuva, complete tshuva in, in this month. Even someone who, who did unintentional, uh, Averis. And, 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 uh, you know, according to the, to the simple shot of, of what Moshe is, Moshe Rabbeinu, we know was born in, in Zion Ada when, when, uh, after a pregnancy of seventh month. So therefore, he, uh, his, he was conceived actually. In the month of 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 El, of El, and that's what it means that Hashem Ina, Hashem designed everything. Everything in El is designed for 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 the future. We're going to come back in a moment with much much more. This is one one point nine Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine High FM. 101.9 Chai FM Soul to Soul back on your radio Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pasha Shaitim Tavshin Pei Base and just before we went on the last break we dropped a bomb and we've discovered that the conception of Moshe Ben who was born on the seventh of Adar after a seventh month pregnancy was conceived in the month of El. And in fact, in the Sitter of the Yavits, it's it's written that the remarriage or the, or the reconciliation <coughs> of Yocheved and, and Amram took place in the month of El. And if you work out, the Cheshbon Moshe Benu was born seven months later in Adar. So regarding this, we can see the the what in the in the Sefer Charedim says that the Yetzirah, which of course we know relates back to the primeval snake, finds his primary residence is amongst those who are arrogant, amongst Bale Gaiva, because it says, Toyavas Hashem Kogavalev. Hashem considers someone who is haughty, who is arrogant, as being a most disgusting person. And every day in Shemayim, they announce that if someone would kill this Nachash, he would be merit to, to, to experience the light of, of the, of the Shekhinah, which is actually called Tefillah, and sits on the Kiseah covered, which is Nira Kaddish Baruch. But it is by no means an easy feat to defeat and kill this, this Nachash. And even a person who really, really wants to improve and really wants to change and really wants to perfect himself will find it very, very difficult to overcome completely the Yetzirah. But it can be that when a, a person really wants to be able to overcome the, the Yetzirah, so that person receives a little spark from the neshama of, of Moshe Rabbeinu, and then that gives him the strength, that gives him the fortitude to actually crush that, that snake, that, that Yetzirah. In other words, when Paro decreed his terrible, terrible decree that any child, any son who will be born should be thrown into the Nile River, so we know that Amram divorced his wife because 
what's the point of bringing children, of bringing additional children into the uh, <clears throat> into the world? If if they're just going to be killed, what's the point of having children if they have no chance at being able to grow up, at being able to 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 achieve uh, achieve maturity? And when everyone saw that Moshe Benu divorced his wife, all of them got up and divorced their own wives. And his little six-year-old daughter, Miriam, came to him and, and told him off and gave him Musa, Miriam Anavia, right? And, and, uh, and, and said to him that, that your decree, daddy, is worse even than Paros. As the Gemara in Saita says, she said to him, his uh, father says, your gezerah is kasha, yoishim, paro is even more stringent, more terrible than paro. Why? Because paro only wanted to kill the male children. And you, by divorcing mommy, you've made a, a blanket decree against both males and female children. Paro only decreed uh, that people will be killed in this world. And you, by not creating the children, you're, you're robbing people, even now you have the opportunity of this world and the next world. Paro, <coughs> the Russia, it's, it's a doubt, whether his decree will be fulfilled or not. Right? But you are a tzaddik. And certainly, if you make a gezerah, it's going to be fulfilled. Based on his, his daughter's Musa, uh, Amram got up, and remarried his his wife. And again, when everyone saw that Amram had remarried his wife, they all went also and remarried remarried their wives. So when uh, Amram remarried his wife, and then everyone else did did so. So because of that uh, came Moshe Rabbeinu was born from that reunion. Now, this remarriage of Amram and Yecheved teaches us that he realized he had make he had made a mistake, and he completely, completely accepted responsibility and resolved to change and fix his ways. And he proved that a person is is able. To, to admit that he's made mistakes, to regret his previous actions, and, and to change. And as we see from, from this story, this took place in, in Chaydeshel. And therefore we can say that by doing that, Amram invested not only for himself, but for all generations that Klai will merit that every single year during the month of Elul, we are all able to fix up, to repair, to change, to, to turn around all of our deeds. And not only will we repair ourselves, we will cause to bring down to this world in this month, actually the, 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 the little bit of the spark of the neshama of, of Moshe Rabbeinu, which can help every single Jew to do tshuva and to overcome the, the Yetzirah. Not only that, we can also cause to bring down the Shechina, that it should be much, much closer, much, much more acceptable, uh, much more accessible, sorry, to, to all of us. As in fact, the Medrash Rabbah in, in Shirashirim says, it says, if a person did Navera, so you have to know that Adam Orishan also did Navera, and because of that, the Shechina, which was very, very much present in the world at the time of creation, rose up to the first heaven. Cain did Navero by killing his brother, and the Shechina rose up again to the second heaven. Enosh started serving idols, and HaKadosh Baruch went up to the third heaven. The generation of the floods did their terrible actions, and the Shechina went up to the fourth heaven. 
the generation of the Tower of Babel did their terrible revolt against Hashem, and Hashem went up to the fifth heaven. The generation, the people of Sodom, and their terrible cruelty caused the Shekinah to go up to the sixth level. The Egyptians, in the time of Avram, where they, they kidnapped Sarah, caused the Shekinah to go up to the seventh heaven. In, in uh, correspondence that, there were seven tzaddikim, and they brought the Shekinah back down to this earth. Avram brought him from level seven to level six. Yitzchak from level six to level five. Yaakov from level five to level four. Levi from level four to level three. Kaas from level three to level two. Avram from level two to level one. Which is, and, and Moshe Rabbeinu came and brought him, brought the Shekinah back down to this, to this earth. And the Mabit brings in the Sefer Beis Elakim, the beginning of Shara Tshuva, it says, Chokarno, we've done many, many, much research, much investigation about the Gedorim, about definitions and the parameters of Tshuva. We found that it's absolutely correct, this idea. And that is, that tshuva means by definition, coming close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and repairing the distance that is caused by a person being involved in sin, being involved in the chet. And what we mean is what the desire is, and when we use the word kariva coming close to Akarish Baruchu, is that when a person does tshuva, his entire intention is, I want to come closer to Akarish Baruchu, who has unfortunately distanced himself from me because we rebelled against Hashem. We went against Hashem. We did what Hashem didn't want us to do, and Hashem went up to higher heavens. Without tshuva, we can bring him, we can bring him back. And along this lines, says the, the Svasemis, says the main tshuva is not necessarily to sort of feel, so, is to, to feel bad and, and regret the sins there are various that we've done. But even more importantly, a person has to do tshuva to want to connect back to his own roots, to connect back to who he really is. And that's what Chazal mean when they say that Shuvah has the power to reach all the way up to the Kisiyah Kavutah Kodesh Baruch Hu's own, own throne. And the Rambam brings down in, in Ilchus Tshuva, in the very, very first halacha, right? That we know, of course, that's Every single letter in, in the Rambam is, is exact. There's not an extra word that's written so precisely. And what he says there is so beautiful. He says, When a person does tshuva, and he wants to do tshuva from his head, he's obligated to, to declare, to confess his sins. What does it mean? That what is this 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 return, right? What is and what does the Rambam seemingly have to repeat his words? He says when he does tshuva and comes back from his sins, surely that's what tshuva is. Tshuva is coming back from your sins. No, but we have to understand it's more than that. That if a person tripped up and a person did something that was wrong, for example. He, he ate something, God forbid, that he that he shouldn't have eaten. I mean, he thought maybe it was kosher, and and it wasn't. It wasn't kosher. So obviously, it's 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 clear that he would be be obligated to do tshuva for the chait by regretting what he's done and and uh, and stopping to do the forbidden action, and of course accepting upon himself to the best of his ability not to do the, the, that Avera again. But at the end of the day, through the chet that he did, that caused HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go up to a higher heaven. 
It created a distance between himself and, and the master of the universe. <clears throat> as, as the Navi says in, in Yeshaya, your Averis create a gulf, create a chasm, create an iron, an iron curtain between yourselves and between HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we need to get back to that place that we've fallen from, to come back to our, to our source, to our, to our roots. And that's why the Torah says to us, Vishavta Ad Hashem Elokecha. Come back all the way to Hashem, your gods. And that is the power of tshuva to, to reconnect the, the connection between ourselves and, and, and our Creator. Amram, from the fact that he aroused by, by, his, by his preparedness, to openly accept, I made a mistake, I did something wrong, and admitting it, and turning around, and actually repairing his actions, and, and thereby influencing the whole Klai show to, to do that. So he caused such a tremendous resurgence of closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, because of that, the Shekhinah came down to the, to the world one additional, one additional uh, uh, level. You know, the, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafkov Beis, brings that HaKadosh Baruch Hu grabbed Yeruvah ben Nevat. Yeruvah ben Nevat was, was a great person, but responsible for such, such, such damage in the Jewish nation. He, unfortunately, was a tremendous idol worshiper who promulgated it and spread idol worship throughout his his kingdom. And it says, Hashem grabbed Yeruvah by his garments and said to him, Chazar b'cha, do tshuva. And the consequence of being in the language of the Gemara is, Va'ani va'ato ben Yishai. And I, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you, and David HaMelech, Nitayel b'ganeiden. We will walk together in Gan Eden. Oh my Lord, Yeruvim answers, me Barosh, we're going to walk? Who's going to walk in front? Amalei ben Yishai. David Amalek is going to walk in front. Amari said, Iyahachi, if that's the case, if David Amalek is going to walk in front, I'm not coming. Start without me. And the obvious question is, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu was already suggesting to Yeruvim that they would go for a walk together, says Yachad, with David HaMelech, surely that implies that, that he already was on such a level that if you would have just made the decision to do tshuva, he would have been deserving of walking with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and David HaMelech together. If so, how could he have gotten to such a low level that because of the fact that Yishai would walk perhaps ahead of him, I'm not coming? And he, he, he preferred to lose his, his portion in Olam Haba because he's such a great person. How could he become so small? How could he have made such a silly decision? And even more than that, how could his turn to Yeruvim in, 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 in with such an expression of closeness and, and endearment that you couldn't, you couldn't experience, you couldn't even imagine a, a greater closeness, a greater reaching out by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. First of all, HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself came to him. It wasn't through a messenger, wasn't through a model. Hashem himself approached it. In addition, he grabbed him by his own garment and he said to him, come, let us walk together in Gan Eden. Not just to be in Gan Eden, but let's walk there. Which is, and walking together is what friends, what, what close people, what, what people who are intimate do. Right? And, and in the Orachim HaKadosh, in, in the beginning, 
of Pashas Bechukosai, he explains that there is no greater pleasure in the entire universe. HaKadosh Baruch was speaking to him. HaKadosh Baruch was holding on to him. HaKadosh Baruch was offering him a walk in Gan Eden. And he responds, well, if I'm not going to be in front, I'm not coming. We have to understand that in reality, if Yeruvah would have done tshuva, then he would have returned to his original, original situation before any Avera was done. And in that original situation of where his neshama came from and where he was in the world of perfection before he did any Avera, so he would have been greater he would have put all the other Chacham of Yisrael to shame. It would have been like, like grass compared to him. He would have been Zeche to walk with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Gan Eden. And the reality was he would have walked in front. If he had agreed to do tshuva, he would have walked in front. But comes Yeruvah, comes Yeruvah, and begins to make all kinds of conditions with HaKadosh Baruch. Who's going to walk in front? In other words, I'm prepared to do tshuva on a condition that I'm going to go back to my original, original position and I'm going to be the greatest Jew. I'm going to be in charge. And that already is impugning his, his tshuva because you don't need to do tshuva because yourself, because you want to get back to your original position before you did Navera. The purpose of your tshuva is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. If through the fact that you're going to do tshuva, I'm going to get back to my original Madrega, and that's what I want, and if not, then I'm not interested. So then, your whole life, you haven't got the inkling that the purpose of doing tshuva is to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The whole concept of tshuva is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. It's not for me. I'm not doing tshuva because it's going to make a difference in my life. It brings the world to its, to its total perfection. You're not doing any favor HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need you. It's for your, for your own good. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you the opportunity to come back to Him. And coming back to Him means the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, not the way I, I want. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. There's much more coming. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Shaitim, Tav Shin Pei Beis, the first Shabbos of this, of this ultimate month of the year, Tav Shin Pei Beis, Kodesh El, the month where it all comes together, the month where we can fix up Everything we may have not done so perfectly during the previous year, this is the time to get our act together and and make things perfect. So we come to the first Shabbos, and first Shabbos is an opportunity to fix up those things that maybe we haven't been that careful about over the previous uh, uh, sort of forty-five or forty-eight Shabbos of the of the year so so far. So let's make this a very very special Shabbos, as we always do at this time. Let's give the particular details we need to know for this Shabbos. Earliest time for benching lift. Earliest time for lighting our candles this afternoon is at four forty-three. Seventeen minutes. Before 5 o'clock, that is already the time for what's called Klag Amincha. That is the earliest time we can get our Shabbos started. And let's try. Let's aim. Even if we can't make that as our goal, but if we aim for that, maybe we'll make it a few minutes 
a few minutes later than that. But, you know, if we aim for the very latest time, then, of course, you end up in, in trouble because you know how it is. The the things that need to be do always expand in accordance with the time allocated for them. So if you give yourself a little bit less time, somehow you'll get done a little bit a little bit earlier and everything will still be spectacular and beautiful and, and wonderful for this Shabbos. So 4.43 is the absolute earliest for lighting our, our Shabbos candles. The latest time for benching uh, this, this afternoon is going to be at 5.38, 22 minutes before 6 o'clock. 5.38 is the latest time we know is you got to get your Shabbos. You got to get your food on the stove. You got to get your candles lit. You got to get your house organized before 5.38. And that's when Shabbos really starts. That's when the car motor should be off. That's when everything should be on Shabbos mode. Shkia uh, uh, sunset will be at then at 5.56, four minutes before six. That again, that's your absolute injury time if you really, really uh, uh, need it. And then, then you know, you can, uh, and there's an emergency or something like that. You have those extra 80 minutes till four minutes before six, but let's not rely on that, especially if we're trying to fix up and we're trying to make our Shabbos even better than it's been for the last 11 months. Let's make a real effort to get it started as early as 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 possible. If you want to be able to dive in Mayrav at night and not have to repeat the, the Shemon essay, so about 14 minutes past Six will do it. You wait till about four about six, then you can dive in Mayrev, and then you have the whole beautiful evening in front of you with family and friends and some nice yummy food and, and some smiris and some divertida and all the beautiful things that make Shabbos evening so so amazing and so warm and so and so appealing to all of all of the Jewish nation. Let's make it a, a very, very special, a special night. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh. Parshas Shaitan, lots, lots in the Parsha, packed with different kind of mitzvahs and, and important, important ideas, many of them that have to do with Chodesh El, as we spoke before, for those who were listening in the earlier, in the earlier uh, segments. So, of course, the, 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 the Parsha is Shaitan, the Haftira is the fourth of the very, very special Haftiras that we read between Tishabov and and uh, and Rosh Hashanah, and it talks about how Hakadosh Baruch Hu Anochi Anochi Hashem is going to is going to uh, comfort us and and bring us back Metshem to Yushalayim and to the Beis Mikdash as quickly as 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 possible, and we look forward and and wait for for that uh, for that day. The the Perkiyavus tomorrow afternoon is Perak Vav, the final Perak of of Perkiyavus. There's so much to learn, so much to understand in that uh, in in that in that parak, and Shabbos is getting later. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at six twenty eight, almost six thirty already. Shabbos is is over. It's already moved like uh, almost forty minutes from from the earliest time of the of the year, and it's going to keep moving throughout the the, the period till we get to. To, to summer. So it's a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. And then, of course, we go into our second full week of, of Elul and the Shoifer and, and all the things that we need to be doing in order to get ready for, for, uh, for Rosh Hashanah. We are talking about some of the fundamental principles of work on, on, on Shabbos. And we know that the Torah uh, forbade, as we said, the doing of any kind of constructive and that's what was the Torah's intention. The Torah says that I don't want you to create any anything. I don't want you doing any like any of the things that are similar to what was done at the time when the the Mishkan was being constructed. Acts of, of creativity, acts of building, acts of putting things together. I don't want you to do that on Shabbos. Shabbos is not for being creative in that way. Shabbos is for completely devoting and dedicating ourselves to to, to Hashem. The truth is any activities that we do which don't involve any sort of new creation, even if, as we said, even if they require a great amount of physical effort, a great amount of, of, of muscle, a great amount of brawn, a great amount of, of effort, 
those things would not halachically, in terms of in terms of the thirty nine principles of work, would not be forbidden. For for uh, for example, uh, if you're going to carry a a needle uh, from your house into a what's considered a public uh, area, what we call rishus hayochid, to a private area, to a rishus rabin, to a a legally designated uh, public area. So then that would be considered a malacha. You're transporting something from one place to another. But if I I I spend time schlepping chairs and 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 tables within, let's say, my house, I I go from one room to the other, from the lounge to the dining room or upstairs or downstairs, that is not considered to be a creative work, and it's not forbidden. Right? Similarly. If I have food, food that is fully, fully cooked, so to heat those on, on Shabbos, that's not necessarily considered to be a creative, a creative work. However, but cooking, well, in any way changing the status or finishing a process and taking something that was uncooked and making it cooked, that is considered to be a, a creative activity and you'd be chayev for 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 that, right? If I, I take a window and put it back uh, on on its on its hinges, right? Even though it's very easy, it might just be a, 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 you're tightening a couple of screws and 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 sticking. It's not a big job, but still, I'm I'm fixing something. I'm creating. There was an empty space. I'm now creating something. I'm filling that. That would be considered a. A, uh, a a malach, however, <clears throat> let's say closing or opening a window are, are not considered to be uh, a, a malachas, right? Um, if let's say I have a table and uh, a leg of the table fell off, so to to put that back on on together, let's say you put a screw, whatever that is considered to be a creative uh, act. However. Uh, if I let's say uh, uh, have a table that I uh, have a table that that can be extended, and I open it and stick a a, a shelf in to make the table uh, longer, that is fine. That's not <coughs> it's made for that. That is not considered to be a malach at all. So we learn a very very fundamental principle from the work that was done in the construction of the mishkan that just like. When the Mishkan was made, it was made with an intention. There was a plan, there was a design that was thought out and, and, and uh, calibrated and, and then put together. As in fact, the Torah says, Lasseis It has to be thought out, it has to be planned, it has to be engineered to be perfect, to work exactly as as it as it should, so to on Shabbos, the Torah said that the the, the 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 definition of forbidden work on Shabbos is also melechas machshevus, a plan that a person has, which is thought out, and and then kind of the steps are delineated, and then it's carried on. If one, however, does a, a, an act of Shabbos that it's done in an unusual way or it's done unintentionally, or you don't actually need that particular activity, or it's uh, 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 for some other, from some other uh, uh, purpose, not, not to be a permanent. So you have not violated the prohibition of, of the Torah, because that's not called a Emelechas Machsheves. We're going to come back with our final segment in a moment. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pasha, Shoftim, Tav, Shin, Pei Beis, as we prepare for another amazing Shabbos. We're talking about the way one has to do Melacha on Shabbos in order to be, to be a Chai, in order to violate one of, so we said it's like the Mishkan, just like the Mishkan had a blueprint and a plan and things that were done according to a certain 
uh, design. Nevertheless, uh, sorry, so too, when it comes to Shabbos, the Torah forbade having a design, a plan, carrying through on something that you want to, that you want to, uh, to accomplish. But we said if you do something in, in, in an unusual way or unintentionally or you don't need that actual activity uh, done or it's, it's not meant to be permanent. So all these things, you're not violating a total principle because you didn't do a plan, a design, and then impl- an implementation. Nevertheless, all these activities I just mentioned are forbidden by our our rabbis, as we're going to explain later on. In fact, Achachamim said about this in, in actually in the in the Mishnah, it says that the laws of Shabbos they're like mountains that are connected by a hair because. There's very, very little actually in the Torah. Few words that this, that tell us the laws of Shabbos, but there's a huge amount of of halacha. There's a huge masechta of 156 pages with uh, called Masecha Shabbos. The, the the laws of Shabbos in the Mishnah Burah are an entire volume, more than a volume by themselves, because the the the. Uh, the, what we learn from the Malacha of, of the Mishkan is, is so interdependent. There's so many, many details and so many intricacies that go, that go with, uh, with, with, with it. And of course, there are so many discussions about how much of the work you have to do in order to, to violate. Right? Let's say uh, uh, in terms of preparing uh, foods. If you did uh, a little bit, you did as much as a, as, as a as a dried fig. You already you already a, a, a chayev, right? And if you did it on purpose, you're going to be chayev misa. If I did less than that, even though I have violated a Torah prohibition, I'm not going to get punished. But let's say something like uh, uh, plowing, or or planting, or harvesting, or or building. So even if I do I, the smallest amount, I'm already obligated. In order to to uh, uh, you know uh, uh, not not uh, not confuse us, well, please God, going to deal with each thing by itself and go through the individual detail of every every matter. But that we're going to do in a future show. Now our time is actually up, and all that's left is for me to first of all thank every single one of you for joining our radio show, for being part of our radio family. It is so deeply, deeply appreciated that you take the time on a busy Friday to tune in wherever in the world you might you might be, and and we really, really appreciate that. And just to wish every one of our radio family. A beautiful Shabbos Yom Shemenucha Yom Shekedusha Yom Sheavo V'Afwa V'Shalom Oreas A Shabbos of beautiful unity, a beautiful togetherness of, of learning Torah, of coming closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of fixing up whatever we might have done wrong in previous Shabbos. And just to wish every single person within the sound of my voice a beautiful, warm, and inspiring good Shabbos.